Amen. You ready for the word today? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We just rejoice that we have you. We thank you that, Lord God, your word is rich in our heart. Your spirit is activating all that you have for us. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. Guide my thoughts and my words that I may edify your people. And all that agree with that said, amen. All right, we're starting a second part of experiencing an encounter with God. Who else would you want to spend time with other than the Lord? You know, sometimes you think, oh, I wish I could just meet this person or meet that person. I wish I could get some pearls of wisdom from them. But guess what? When you let God rub off on you, you've got the most precious gift, the most precious uh, possession that you could ever have on this earth. Because then you'd be wiser and smarter and more powerful than anybody else around you because you've got access to the Father Amen. who created all things that can make all things happen in your behalf. Amen? So we talked about last week about how Abraham built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. And in those days, they didn't have the, the Holy Spirit like we did. So he, he, he felt the presence of the Lord, and he built an altar because he wanted God to come back and reappear to him. Isn't that what we want? We hear about, you know, times past when, you know, maybe God talked to you last week or last month or last year, sometimes 10 years. Some people talk about, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me 10 years ago about this and that, but what about lately? What about yesterday? What about today? God's an active God that wants to speak to us daily right? Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day and heard the voice of the Lord walking with him. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. The Bible said Moses talked to God like a man would talk to a friend face to face. How much more, this is Old Testament, how much more now does God want to talk to us, spend time with us, reveal secrets to us about the things that we're facing so that we can overcome every situation in our life? He's not stuck we feel like we're stuck, but we need to take that extra time to spend time with him, build an altar. See, Abraham had to build an altar for himself. He couldn't get his servants to build it. He couldn't get uh, his wife to build it. He had to build it himself. And you have to build your own altar. The things that you like or that, you, that provoke you to receive the presence of the Lord, that's what you have to have. There are certain scriptures that I read. If I just read those scriptures, I know that they'll penetrate my heart and the presence of the Lord will come. Some people need to sing. Some people need to worship. Whatever it is, whatever it takes to get God to come and appear to you and manifest his presence to you, that's what you go for. Amen? You can't do what somebody else does. You have to do what you know what to do. So God wants a continual relationship with us. And he's not playing hide and seek with us. Did you know that? <laughs> he's not saying, can you find me? Can you find me? I'm over here. No, I'm not. The Bible says in Acts 17, 27, that men should seek the Lord if happily they may find him. But he's not far from any of us. It's in him we live and move and have our being. Amen? He's with us. We just have to start paying attention, just making the time. And that's what an altar is. It's a time and a place where we designate to seek God and spend time with him daily. Amen? Isn't that the right thing to do? The God who made you says, I just want to spend some time with you so I can help you. So if you pick a time and a place where God can come and meet you, he'll be there. I guarantee it. And we need God in this world, this ungodly world. Did you know that? 
We are bombarded night and day with TV, magazines, movies to live a life that is contrary to God. Com uh, completely opposed to the things of God where you, don't have, you can't have faith, you can't ha live a godly life because they, they have all these, uh, uh, you know, sex things, all these girls, you know, scantily dressed and <laughs> all these people that have uh, power and they're saying, be like me. But we don't know what their life is like. Their life is miserable behind the scenes because they don't have God. But it's all fleshly. It's all external. And God wants us to get our internal hearts aligned with him. Amen? Amen. The media hits us with lusts and cravings and appetites that are portrayed on the screen in advertisements and keep us from acting like God. You know, everybody wants to do the external. It reminds me of this story. This, I don't know if you heard this story or not, but this lady, she... Um, uh, had a heart attack. She was older. She's about 50 years old. She had a heart attack. She went to heaven, and she said to the Lord, am I supposed to be here? He said, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you've got 25 more years. You're not supposed to die. Go back into the earth. So she went back into the earth, and she said, hey, well, I'm going to be here for 25 more years. I may as well fix myself up a little bit. So she went and got a facelift and did her eyes and did a tummy tuck and Put some extra things in there. <laughs> got, got her hair done. Looking real good. Took, took her a little while to do all this, but she came out of the beauty shop. She walks across the street, and bam, a truck hits her, knocks her dead, and she goes up to heaven. And she said, but Lord, I thought you said that I had 25 more years. He said, yeah, but I didn't recognize you. You, you changed so much. I, you hardly even look like the person that was, was there before. So we, we have to ask God to help us, to change us, to move us. You know, we, we ask God for everything, don't we? We ask God for the world. Uh, God, can you do this? Uh, can you change that? I need a job. I need a, more money. I need, you know, my, my family needs to get saved. All these things. I need a house. I need a husband. I need a wife. But what are... What do we do for him? What's the exchange? What, how do we respond to him? Do we just take, take, take and not change anything? God said he wants to mold us and make us into his image. And the people that do that, that respond to him, those are the people that God uses to bless because now he has them uh, moving like he would move. And he can bless us that way, right? So <laughs> we, we, have to, we have to do what? Die daily, the Bible says. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say die weekly. It doesn't say die when you feel like it. it. doesn't say die when you get a holy moment from God and you just feel like, okay, this is the, I just, I feel real, real repentive now. No, die daily. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. We have to kill them. We can't act the way we want to act. I'm sorry to tell you that. Well, I just got to be me. No, you don't have to be you. <laughs> you have to be like Christ. Amen. So let's look at this. Here, oh, it, it's our time of fellowship, communion, and the time that you talk with God. You've got to hook up to the maker. You've got to find some time. We can't be too busy in this world to not etch out some time to say, I've got to be with you, Lord. So it's our conversation with God. And so let's look at the next slide. Here's a man. He found his altar where he could just dedicate himself and pour his heart out to the Lord. And, and I was saying last week, we, we can't be just so pretty when we pray. We have to give our heart to the Lord. 
and, and, let, and just say, Lord, I don't know why I'm this way. I've been this way all my life. Can you change me? Can you rearrange my thinking? Can you put in me a heart? I was, we're talking to Sylvia and Rosie at, at the baptism or the pool party. It, it's hard for us to know if we're really loving the Lord or if we're even loving people. Our heart is so damaged and hurt and all the things that we've gone through. It's like, I've kind of got a wounded heart here. I'm trying to love you, Lord, and love the people of God. But, man, it, it's just hard because uh, we're not pure. We've got all these things that are coming into us, but we have to find a time where we can just get into the Spirit so the Spirit of the Lord can minister to us. So this person found a place on the steps of the altar. The next slide shows a lady by her bed. Isn't that pretty to see a, a woman that's just dedicating herself to the Lord, allowing uh, the Lord to come in and touch her heart? And it's, it's, everybody has their own expression. But I think it's a beautiful thing to see when you see someone uh, look that way. So let's look at, I'm going to look at three scriptures. We're going to look at Elijah today, but before that, here's three warm-up scriptures, or four warm-up scriptures. Psalms 55, 17 says, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Amen. So we find out that an altar is not just in the morning. It's all throughout the day. We keep the altar or our communication or devotions to the Lord evening and morning and noon. And you know why it says evening first? Because that's the start of the day for the Jewish people. Evening is the beginning of the day at six o'clock at night and then the morning and at noon. And let's see, a, let's see a picture of this. So you can't, you should be in a place, you shouldn't be in a place where you can't call upon the name of the Lord. God will, will talk to you during the day. You don't want to just leave him in the morning and then do your whole day and not even talk to him. That, that's insane, isn't it? You need to have constant communication. You know, like, uh, uh, I think, Norma, you, you do, uh, you do uh, radio communications, right? Yeah. And they're, they're calling you what? Constantly, right? Uh, all the time. I'm over here. I'm over there. Where should I go? You know, move this. That's what God, he's a radioactive person on us. Okay, go here. Do this. Do that. I can't, he can't wait till the morning to tell you some things. He's got to tell you right now, let's do this. Praise God. You know, I had this uh, uh, book, I, I don't know if you all read, it's called, uh, I think it's In His Presence by Brother Lawrence. And he made a dedication, he was a monk, he wasn't that busy, but he had work to do. Dedicated to constantly thinking about the Lord all throughout the day. That was his goal. And I know when I first got saved, I read that book and I said, oh my, I, 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 I should try that. Because I, have such, I had such glorious times in the morning seeking the Lord, but then, the, you know, kind of things waned throughout the day. You know, you get busy, you forget, you're just doing your thing. And so I said, I'm going to make a purpose to, I started with just at noon. Okay, at noon, I'm going to think about the Lord. So as soon as the clock hit 12, I said, okay, Lord, I just thank you that you're good. You're my God. I love you. <laughs> thank you for blessing me. I, I enjoy your presence. And then I would go on. And then I moved it to like, Morning, then 12, and then 5 o'clock. Then I moved it to every, <coughs> excuse me, every hour. As soon as the clock hit, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I would seek the Lord. And then after a while, it gets penetrated in, that you're just always thinking about the Lord. You know, you may do external things, but on the inside, your heart is still reaching out to the Lord and asking him to help you and talk to you and minister to you. And believe me, your life will change if you do that. Praise God. So Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. 
Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. What I want you to notice here is it's a present tense. My soul thirsts for Not I thirsted back way back when. He said, <laughs> I, I, my flesh longs for you. It's a continual present tense. So it's like not something you did. It's something that you do and keep doing for the rest of your life. You can, when we get to heaven, we, we can't check out. We can't say, oh, you know, I'm bored, Lord. Uh, I'm, can I do something else? No, this is it. <laughs> he is who we live for. He is on the inside of us, amen? See, he wants to be actively involved in us. In the picture here, we see a guy. He's intense. You know, to seek the Lord, it's not easy. To build an altar in the morning, to set yourself you know, aside from all the things that you have to do, it takes work. It takes concentration. It, ta it doesn't happen accidentally. You have to purposely say, I'm going to seek the Lord today. I I'm going to see what he has for me. I'm going to let him talk to me and show me and guide me where I'm supposed to go. And, and it takes time physically and emotionally and with your heart. Your heart has to reach up to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here. I need you. I need you to do my daily activities. I'm not going to do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not bright enough. I don't, can't see it in advance enough. But you have to actively say, I am going to seek you, Lord. Okay, next scripture. Psalm 73, 25 says, Whom have I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire <coughs> Excuse me. Besides you, so I have a couple questions for you to provoke you to uh, uh, think about this. What things do you desire more than God? Is there anything that you desire more than God? Well, where do you spend your time? What What do you think about? What What things are you more familiar with? Your job? You know, I know my job. I know my. I can do my job like this. Okay, but what about the things of God? <coughs> Excuse me. What about sports? Do you know sports more than anything else? You know the statistics? You know who pitched a no-hitter, what the Dodgers did? What things are you more familiar with? Your job? Shopping? Are you more familiar with the deals and the ads that are on? You know, my wife, she, she at one time, she, she knew more at Macy's about what, they, uh, what their policies were than the people that worked there. <laughs> She'd say, well, I know you're getting a shipment in on Wednesday. Can you hold this until Wednesday? <laughs> and then she knew the return policy better than they did. She said, well, I'll just put it over here, and then, you know, we'll take it over there, and we'll get it, you know, re re rearranged or re whatever. So what, what, do you, what are you more familiar with? My friend, he knows I know baseball a lot. He always asks me baseball questions, and he asks me spiritual questions, too. And so he goes, what do you know more about, sports or the Bible? And I had to think about it, and I go, see, probably about the same. But I love the Lord more. In fact, it's bad when I go to a game because I keep remembering the times that we used to play baseball. And the thing, you know, they do a play. I can remember doing the same play, like the guy we went the other day, the guy threw the ball, the pitcher threw the ball to first base to pick off a runner and went down the right field line. I've done that. <laughs> I know how that feels. It's that sinking feeling. Oh, my God. But how many remembrances do you have of the Lord? How many times do you dream and think about the Lord? And the last question is, how much time on an average do you spend with God? I know how much time you spend sleeping. Almost eight hours, right? Norma says no. How much... <laughs> 
How much time do you spend eating? How much time do you spend working? We all know this, but how much time, on an average, do you spend with God? They say that most Christians spend five minutes a day praying. Five minutes. That's sad, huh? Now I lay me down to sleep. I bless the Lord, my soul to keep. And when I wake, something, something, uh, you'll be there. Yeah. Okay. We don't even know that one. Thank God we don't know that one, right? Okay, next scripture. Here she is. Dedicated. Okay, here's the scripture. What, in Psalms 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. There's two things here. Desire or require and inquire. That's the two things that we have to do with the Lord. Require means I need you, Lord. I need you to be a good Christian. I need you to be with me on my job. I need you to be in my family. I don't know how to minister to my wife. I don't know how to minister to my kids. I don't know how to minister to my neighbors. Praise the Lord, our neighbors are moving out uh, today on Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. But uh, they did say hi to me on the way out, so I said, praise the Lord. I don't know if they're happy or just happy that they're leaving, but anyway, <laughs> it was a good thing. A victory for the Lord. I kept, kept, uh, kept my peace, <laughs> and, uh, and God delivered. But require, I need, Lord, I need you to be a good Christian. I require of you to overcome temptation, to overcome my feelings of not liking people. I need you to, over, I need you to, to keep the love on the inside of me. I need you. I require. And then I inquire of you. I don't know how to resolve my situations and my conflicts and my circumstances in my life. I need you for guidance. I need you for direction. I, we need to stop uh, basing our decisions on what we think and what we know and what we see. We have to start basing them on what he sees, what he knows, and what he can do for us. We have to come outside of ourselves and say, you know what, Lord? Some things I can't do. I need you to do them for me. Amen? He, he wants to take us beyond what we can do. And when you do that, you, we see him take, do great and mighty miracles. And I, I've been studying about healing, and the people keep saying, you have to take a challenge. You have to take a, a, a step of faith. You have to get on the, the plank, you know, like the pirate's plank. You have to get out there on the edge and say, okay, I believe that God's going to do this. And then you watch God do it. Amen? So we have to declare some things that are not happening in our life and then watch God do it. So that's the, we have to require, we need him as a, a dire necessity and then we have to inquire upon him. And it's, to hear from God is essential. It's important. It's mandatory. Amen? Because he can fill what's lacking in our life. He can, fill, you know, help us with the struggling that we have. Because if we don't have him, if we don't have our devotions, we're deficient, we're incapable, we're disconnected, dysfunctional, and we're out of his will. We're, we're just floating around trying to do things for ourselves. We can't be influenced by our problems, our conditions, our circumstances, our, our situations. We have to be totally committed to the Lord. So we're going to do a little story here about Ahab. I'll give you a little background. Anybody know about Ahab and Elijah? Yes. Yes. We have some scholars. Some people haven't, you know, studied the Old Testament as much. I had a teacher, a pastor, that really showed us the Old Testament and then showed how it applies to us in our lives. And so I'm going to do that with you right now. 
and know that these are types and shadows and examples for us to learn and to follow so that we can be better followers of Christ. So uh, what happened was Ahab, King Ahab, he was a bad king. Say bad king. Bad king. He was evil in the sight of the Lord. Guess what he did? He was an idol worshiper. He worshiped things that he could make with his hands. Isn't that silly? You know, you, make, you get a wood statue and you, you put the eyes in there and the ears and everything and then you bow down before it. Oh, great God. You may, the, the thing can't talk. The king, thing can't even see you. Can't hear you. And why, you, why are you worshiping it? Because it's something that you made that doesn't require you to change. It says, you just worship, we worship things that we have, right, that we made. Our cars, oh, look at my car. Huh. Is that something? Look at my house, beautiful house. Look at my grass, check it out. <laughs> I'm in competition with the neighbors to have the best uh, green grass on the street. Because, you know, we can, only, we can only water it twice a week. So midnight on the first day that I can water it, I turn it on and let it go, you know, uh, to the morning. And then in the morning, I let it, you know, sit. But then at night again, that's the same day, I water it again. So I water it twice in the same day. And everybody else has got brown on their lawn, but for some reason, I got green. Hallelujah. I worship it. I just go out there and worship it. <laughs> we, we can't worship our clothes, our, our figures, what, whatever it is, our grandkids. We, can't, we have to worship God. Amen? Amen. So they, they made a, 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 they're worshiping Baal, B-A-A-L. And, and God said that, I'm, I'm through with you. And you, you've heard about the Jezebel spirit. You've heard about Jezebel who controls things and everything. He married her. <laughs> We're supposed to cast out the Jezebel. He married her. So the, she was a Baal worshiper, and Baal was in charge of the rain. So God tells Elijah, go tell Ahab, since he's done all this evil, I'm, tell him I'm not going to let it rain for three years or any dew on the ground for three years. You think we're in a drought. That's a big drought. And so for three years, no rain. And so Ahab, the king, and his, his uh, servant, Obadiah, they go out looking for water, just the two of them. He says, you go this way, I'll go that way, because we need to get some water for these animals. And so they went out, and Abed, uh, Obadiah runs into Elijah. And God had told Elijah, he says, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. And <laughs> Ahab was looking for Elijah. He wanted to kill him because he's the one that spoke that word. And Ahab, I mean, Elijah's saying, I don't know if I want to do that. You have to have courage to go to the man that you just caused a severe famine. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And so Obadiah said, no, I don't want to do that because you know what? You're going to vanish and then I'm going to look bad and they're going to cut my head off. He says, no, 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 go ahead. I, as, as long as the Lord lives, I will present myself to Ahab. So let's see the next scripture. So what happened was, <laughs> uh, Elijah says, you know what? Let's do this, Mr. King Ahab and all you prophets, the 450 prophets that you have. You come to Mount Carmel where everybody can see. 
You bring a sacrifice, a bull. I'll bring a sacrifice. We'll line them up together. And whichever one uh, calls down uh, fire, that's the God we'll serve. If you bring fire down, that we'll serve Baal. If God brings fire down, we'll serve God. Right? And that's pretty easy to say, right? So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel. Say all the children. All the children, very good. All the children. That's, all, that's thousands of people to watch this. They had a, they had a what, 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 not a band off, but what do they call it when they, they challenge each battle other? Huh? Battle of the bands. There's battle of the altars, battle of the gods. For all the children and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you halt or waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered what? What? Thousands of people and not one stood up and said, you know what? I'm serving God. I mean, I don't know about you all. Not nobody. Now, God is my witness. If Steve was there, he'd be saying something from the back. He'd say, <laughs> he would not, not have a word. He'd have something to say. But I like the, the first point I'm going to t t tell you about is, 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 we have three points. How long will you waver between two opinions? How long are you going to go back and forth? Is it Baal or is it God? You guys make up your mind. And there's a, next uh, slide. There's a ph ph <laughs> philosophical, I don't know what they call it, anyway, um, disposition the, they, this is called Beridian, Beridian's donkey. And the theory is if you put two haystacks side by side and you put the donkey there, he can't decide which one to go to. He looked at one, he said, you know what? That looks pretty good, but you know what? That one over there looks kind of soft. I think I like that one over there. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I, I need crunchy. Crunchy would be better. No, 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 but you know what? I need something that just melts in my mouth. I'll, but you know, I need something like, I don't want to hurt my, my, my mouth. I'm going to go... And the donkey dies trying to decide which one to go to. So uh, Elijah's saying, how long are you going to go back and forth? I want to live a godly life, but you know what? I just like to have this stuff on the internet. I, I like to live holy, but you know what? I, I like to drink. I like to party. I, I, I like to, to, to live holy, but, but you know what? I, I have friends that don't, and I, don't, I just want to stay with them. How long are you going to wait, wait? How long are you going to go back? And, and you're going to wind up dying in the Lord. Amen? You may be a Christian. You may be going to heaven. But if you can't serve the Lord, that's what he says. If God be God, serve him. And if Baal be Lord, then you serve that God. If it's the world that you want to serve, go ahead. Go all the way. If that's where your health and happiness is, then you can have it. But if you want to get yourself into the Lord, you know how I get so, got so attached to the Lord or so dedicated to him? is when I got in trouble with situations. Anybody ever get in trouble? I said, Lord, if you get me out of this one, I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll dedicate myself more. I'll serve the people of God. And I kept getting deeper and deeper into the water, into the river, and into the lake of the Lord. And before you know it, I'm up to my neck. I can't go back. I'm too far. I've already committed myself too far. Like the ring saying, you've already committed yourself. I'm, I'm supposed to come on Sunday. I committed myself. And so we have to commit ourselves, and God will just wheel us in, reel us in. And so they have this, this uh, uh, let's see the next slide. 
uh, I'll, I'll tell you leading up to this. So they get up there, and so Elijah says, okay, you guys, you prophets of all, you go first. You try to see if the Lord will, your, your God will bring fire down from heaven. And so they're doing all their incantations, their fire dances and everything like that. And so Elijah starts teasing them, saying, well, you know what? Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's on a trip or something. Maybe, he, maybe he's sleeping. We don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's, maybe he's in the bathroom. We don't know where he is. This is the way one translation is. Maybe he's, he's in the bathroom. And so he, they made fun of him. And so then Elijah says, okay, and it came to pass that at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known to this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. He's saying, you know what, Lord? You put me here. I'm doing this at your word. I'm believing that you're going to come and bring fire down. What kind, of, what kind of man is that, that he can believe God's going to bring fire down from heaven? We have to believe that God's going to do and manifest himself in our life because we're dedicated to him, we're responding to his word, and we're going to see fire and whatever we need to have happen come and minister to us on our behalf. Amen? Amen. So what he did was, he said, I'm so sure of this. He said, get uh, some... Uh, buckets of water, now barrels of water, and pour it over the sacrifice, pour it over the altar. They did it once, they did it twice, they did it three times, and he said, okay, let's stand back and see. Let's see, the next, let's see what happens here. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and yay, even the water that was in the trench. Kabam! Woo! God came through, right? Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. 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 Let's, see the, let's see a picture of this. Isn't that beautiful? My question is, what, what kind of a man is this that can bring fire down from heaven? What kind of sacrifice did he have to give of his heart, of his life, of his uh, commitment to the Lord? That where God can come and manifest at his word. Amen? That's the second thing. We've got to give God our best. We, have, we can't just, you know, passively say, okay, Lord, you know, I, I love you, I serve you. No, it has to be purposeful. It has to be uh, on, you know, a, a desire that's in our heart. It can't be accidental. It can't be ca casual. It has to be a determination. God, I want you more than anything else. All the men that I've been studying that are great in the Lord, they've done that. They've committed themselves to the Lord in, in a way that they go past what even they want to do. It, it's just like God overtakes them and brings them to a point, even despite uh, disappointments, even despite when maybe your wife leaves you or maybe when uh, the church kicks you out. This one guy I was reading about did the Toronto, bless, Toronto Blessing. He was uh, ministering. He had a revival that lasted 12 years, six days a week, for 12 years. But he got kicked out of his church. He, he, he said he took a pastorate where he, his wife heard the elders yelling at him, saying, you can't do this, we don't like what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. He just kept going. He didn't stop. You know, we can't, we can't you know, back down when disappointments come. We have to keep going on. 
no matter what. So we have to give our obedience, our hearts, our desires, our fastings. What are we giving to the Lord? And this is what it talks about in James about Elijah. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Is that you? Are you an effective, righteous, are you an effective, um, are you a, a righteous man, a fervent prayer, prayer? So we have to believe that God is, is going to do that in our lives. Amen? So the three things in conclusion. Next slide. To experience an encounter with God, we have to believe the Lord is God and follow him. Amen. Amen? Do the things that he wants us to do. If you want to see God work in your life, go ahead and, and follow him. Give God our best. Praise God. Give him our best, our best, our heart, our obedience, our life, our love, our emotions. He'll respond. He'll, he'll come back and, and reward you according to your faith. And the third thing is be ready to be used. He went to Mount Carmel. He didn't have to say, look, I got to pray a little bit about this. He said, let's go right now. He was ready. God was ready to use him, and he was ready to be used of God. So we have to go beyond our own ability. So if, if, we, wanna, if, we're, if we go to God and we're weak, guess what? He makes us strong. If we go to God and we're confused, guess what? He gives us wisdom. If we go to God and we're in doubt, he says, I'll give you confidence. If you, if you need strength, he'll give it to you. Where, where, do you, where do you find these things from God? Where do you find joy? You find them in the Lord. Where do you find strength to go beyond what you can do? In the Lord. Where do you find wisdom to do the things that you didn't know what to do? In the Lord. Amen? So that now all of a sudden you're not a mere man. You're not a mere woman. You have the, the Lord that's working in your behalf. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're something. Praise God. So have you ever had, last example, well, one scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, 21, it says, Every man, everyone who names the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity and be ready to be used by the master. You ever have shoes? I had some shoes one time. They were just a little bit big uh, on the tip, on the top. And, and uh, when I would walk, every once in a while, I, I'd trip. You ever, you ever had that happen? <laughs> no, nobody here, huh? Okay. I, I think somebody gave them to me or something. I liked the shoes. They were really nice. But they kept making me trip. It's a little embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> so, what, guess what I did? I threw them away. Or gave them to somebody. I don't know what I did. But the Bible says, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. If something's tripping you up, get rid of it. Yes. Don't let it hold you back. Yes. Amen? Yes. There's some internet uh, sites that you just don't need to go on. It takes you down the wrong path. It'll trip you up. I tell young people, just don't, you know, don't see how close you can get and, and not be tempted. Just run. Flee. Stay away from it. Amen? Amen? You don't, ladies, you don't go shopping if you don't have any money. It's too tempting, right? <laughs> well, I'm just going to see what's there. Oh, but that's so beautiful, right? <laughs> you got to learn how to say, get behind me, Satan, right? And the Flip Wilson joke is, I did that, but he said it looked good from behind, too. <laughs> no, but we, ha we have a, we have a, a, a challenge to serve the Lord with all of our hearts. Amen. And, and I like the way David, sometimes he would go to the Lord and he'd say, you know, things aren't right. My heart's not right. There's, I got all these problems. I need your help. He starts out that way, but then... 
he starts getting renewed and getting his strength. And I have a song from Psalms 3 that Kenneth Copeland sings. Beautiful song. Uh, Lord, how, how increased are those that trouble me. But you are the Lord and the lifter of my heart. So Sean's going to play that right now. Just listen to it. that trouble me many are they that rise up against me many there be which say of my set themselves against me round about I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who would set themselves against me round about but thou O Lord art a shield for me my glory and the lifter of my head That's David singing or writing that song about how things are not working out for him, but he just trusts in the Lord. So if that's you today, just bow your head and just say, Lord, I know that whatever I'm facing, you have the answer for me. That if I can just spend time with you, you can reveal that to me. You can make some sense out of my life. You can bring some order to it. You can bring some victory in what I'm facing because I know, Lord, you are the lifter of my head and my glory. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you touch your people right now. In Jesus' name, amen.